I want to talk about Fuller fucking house tonight. <laughs> okay. Fuller house. Fuller house. The sequel to the worst show in the history of mankind. I mean, it's not the worst show. Like, it's pretty bad. Do you remember Step by Step? The second worst <laughs> show of all time. Oh my gosh, that Friday night block was, <laughs> it was just, just all terrible. There was uh, Family Matters. Urkel was the bomb. There was Full House. Urkel was There awesome. was Step by Step. Yep. What else was there? There um, was there was like it's like a two hour block of a Friday step by night. Step. Fuller House. I then like I think they had like this two hour block and they were desperately trying to find that third show that worked and it just never happened. Maybe. And there's like a constant re- revolving door of, of failed ideas. Was Perfect Strangers in there at one point? Maybe early on. I don't know. For some reason no, I have this, Perfect Strangers I I don't know. I have this weird like mental image that like Perfect Strangers was the dad, a little, little. Was the dad from... There is no dad on Perfect Strangers. No, no, on uh, uh, the, the Urkel show. Okay, yes. He was a security guard. Yeah. For some reason, I think he worked at the place that uh, Cousin Larry Appleton worked at. It's possible. Like, I think there was like, I think some they weird... were both set in Chicago, so... Which I just thought was normal. <laughs> Right. I was like, ooh, Chicago, you know, the Ohio kid, I was like, ooh, Chicago's super exotic and fancy, and you're like, eh. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's fine. I mean, like, that's not the great t- side of Wacker. Like, that's... It's fine. So, anyway, Fuller House. So, Fuller House. Uh, Full, Fuller House is the story of, like, generational trauma and people with very shallow emotional lives who force their circle of friends to facilitate their inability to cope with their their situations i mean more or less more or less. so um just as a recap in case anyone doesn't know full house full house was a sitcom in the 90s we'll go yeah 90s um and it involved only kind 90s kids remember this right it involved um a dad and three daughters and the mom died and he um, has his brother-in-law and his best friend move in to help raise these kids. So, so that's the premise of Full House. But also, like, it's one of the weirder casted shows, I have to admit. Because, like, you have Bob Saget as the relatable everyman dad who's lost his wife. And Bob Saget, like, if anybody, like, started watching Fuller House and then they're like, oh... Bob Saget's going to be in town doing stand-up comedy. I should go see Bob Saget. Mm-hmm. Like, they were in for an experience because Bob... Bob is not family-friendly. No. no. He's very not family-friendly. Uh, meanwhile, we've got Dave Coulier, who is like... I think is he's two famous things are he's super Canadian and like he dated Atlanta Morissette. Mm-hmm. And cut it out. Oh yeah, cut, well, yeah. Like he was nothing. He had his own little wacky like television show. Oh yeah, with the for, gopher. Like, a hot second. It was so weird. It was weird. Everything in this thing was weird. Like everybody was, was like, you, you could tell that the writers struggled to conceive of normal humans. Like because Bob Saget's a talk show ha- host in this. Dave Goulier is like a kids show host, and like uh, so Uncle Jesse. Dave Goulier and Uncle Jesse never really had jobs. 
they what are you like, talking about? Jesse and the Riffers. They had a bunch of gigs. They're, they're they true. were like, we're like radio DJs, and also we have a band, and also we opened a nightclub. Like, like they were like entrepreneurs, but like not successful. Entrepreneurs. Like I feel, I feel like Danny was severely damaged. He's like severely damaged goods because like it, losing his wife messed him up, and I have to admit, like. That would be hard. Like, I would be in a hard spot if I had three daughters and my wife was, was suddenly out of the picture in, like, this horrible way. It, it would be rough. I, I, I get it. I get Danny's in a bad spot. Um, I also feel like Jesse was kind of a struggling musician. And so when Danny was like, hey, you can come live rent-free at my place in San Francisco if you help me raise these girls yeah if occasionally you watch my kids he was like free rent free rent me at free rent yeah and like also uh uncle joey same deal like everybody in here was just like i'm in you know so like danny has some emotional problems some codependency issues some ocd like every like all of his neuroses are jokes like that's the that's the joke of the whole thing right mental illness is funny (laughs) So yeah, so that's that's happening there. Meanwhile, these these freeloaders freeload, and and that's what they do. So that's kind of the thing. And like these three individuals somehow are supposed to raise these three girls. And like you said, like everybody's just nothing but like a collection of catchphrases and like one of the best developed character arcs in the whole show goes to Comet the dog, like. You know, and it's just, it's awful. But it they they decided for reasons. Um, Those reasons are called money. Yes, yes. Many reasons called money. That nostalgia sells. Therefore. We're going to have Fuller House. Fuller House. So Fuller House is a sequel. I don't know how many years after the end of Full House, Fuller House happens. It's, it's a mystery. It's a mystery. Because, like. But. So what happens is DJ, who is the oldest Mm -hmm. daughter, she gets married, she has three kids, her husband dies. (gasps) Wow. Where have we heard this storyline before? Right, so she has three boys. Mm Mm-hmm. Her husband dies. Wait, that's not familiar. She moves back into her father's house. Literally the same house. All right, we're going to really unpack that, because that's a whole different thing. Uh, We're going to move into her father's house. She's going to invite her sister... And her best friend to come live with her and help raise these boys. Stop me if any of this sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, so this was just like a copy-paste error. Yeah. This like the, whole script. Yeah, it's it's literally it's, the same script, just gender flipped. Yes. So, a couple things. First off, let's talk about the house. Yeah. I'm Okay, so let's talk about the actual house. Okay, so the outside of the house that they show? The outside of the house they show is like one of the like seven sisters in San Francisco. It's overlooks a park. It's gorgeous. This is a many multi-million dollar home yes. by any measure. Yes. It is beautiful. It is historic. It is important. And it, it's in San Francisco. It's in San Francisco, which and is like there are garden sheds worth more than our entire Ohio house in San Francisco. So, like, that, like, so whatever Danny was doing, which I'm going to say drug dealing, um, is, no, he was a host of a talk show, but somehow that paid whatever he I needed to get I think he just those. bought the house in, like, 1985, and then 
because was, he's like completely neurotic, didn't want to sell it. Because he couldn't handle change. Because he couldn't handle change. And so I think he's just been like sitting on this house. So like I think he paid it off and he's just like whatever. Maybe like his wife's life insurance or something, you know. Right. Just, like So I think that's what happened. That makes sense. That tracks. But he's but he's got this house. Also, nothing has changed about the house. Like there's still kids' artwork on the fridge. Like, like the, Danny was living in this house by himself. Danny made this house for into years. a time capsule. Yes, he. Yes, it was a very like a cry for help. It really was. Like he's got the same couch. Like that's a, that's actually a plot point in an episode is that the couch gets damaged and he just can't handle it, mm-hmm. and they have to go and reupholster the couch with the same exact couch. Right, and it's so, just the whole thing. Yeah, so he has a even time though capsule. he doesn't own this house or live he there. He owns it. He okay, doesn't he doesn't live there. there. He can't handle the change. So, like, so neurotic. But anyway, so DJ's husband dies. She, well, anyway, no, back to the house. Mm-hmm. The house is not physically possible. It's also one of the problems that I have with the whole situation. Okay, so you go in the front door. You're in a big room. There's a big room. It's like you three stories up, tall. It's at least two stories tall. Yeah. It's like you two You go and up half. the stairs and along, there's like a little, like, um, balcony. Yeah, a little balcony hallway, hallway thing. thing. And then you go somewhere, and so all the bedrooms are above the kitchen. Yes, but the kitchen is not big enough that the bedrooms would fit. The, it goes up. It goes no, up, and then it goes up cause again. Because like, like, there's two be- so you, you only ever really see two bedrooms. It's the two bedrooms across the hall from each other, and then you go upstairs again, and the attic is where Uncle Jesse and Aunt Peggy live. Where does DJ live? Where's DJ's room? Nobody knows. No, but it's a mystery. So <laughs> it's, it's the third bedroom just farther down that hall that you never see. That you never see. But also, here here's another thing. Like, the way that, like, hallway balcony thing works and where it kind of should plug in, like, that wall is allegedly the wall. That is against the wall where Kimmy Gibbler's house is on the other side of that. Kimmy's house is, if you're looking at the front door, Kimmy's house is supposedly to the left. Yes. All right. And so, and, and like, there's at one point a joke about Kimmy Gibbler watching Danny get dressed through her window, which means that Danny's bedroom, the master bedroom suite, must be on that side of the house. But yet it is not. It is categorically not there. Because mm-hmm, that's the boy's bedroom. That's I, the, think it's a, I think it's just on so the it's other So it's got to be on the other side of the hall, but yet... Like, there's, like, it just, like, the house is not physically possible. And then, like, so there's the flight of stairs in the kitchen that leads upstairs. Mm -hmm. There's the flight of stairs in the living room that lives upstairs. But yet, every time they go upstairs, they always end up in the same spot in the hallway. Because they only have one hallway. They only have the one hallway, but, like, it doesn't... There's two staircases to the one hallway. Yeah, but they only ever, like, come up the (laughs) one... It doesn't make sense. And not only that, but when you go downstairs... To the basement, mm-hmm. there should be. You should go down to the stairs, and there should be a left turn into the basement because the basement should extend towards, like underneath the kitchen. Underneath the kitchen. Instead, there's a right turn at the bottom of the stairs. Whenever they show the set for the basement, you come down the stairs and you make a right turn, which either means that the stairs have gone completely 180, which means the basement is like dug out underneath the the. Um or, yeah, or it's dug out under, like, the backyard. Yeah. And it's just like, none of this makes sense. <laughs> like, this house just, like, there is no foreplan for this house that makes any sense. I don't get it. 
It's true. It's true. It just it just hurts my head. And so, like, every time there's a scene where they go from, like, one floor to the next, I'm just like this... They just entered a parallel universe, and they just showed up on another floor. Like, that's the only way I can explain the Fuller House house. <laughs> yes. Just makes no sense. And, yeah, um... If any of you had floor plans for this, let me know. Yes, dear listeners. If you are sitting on a floor plan... If you live in one of the Seven Sisters, please send me a floor plan. And have me over for dinner. Yeah. Unless it's Kimmy Gibbler's house, which apparently is haunted by, like, clown ghosts. I mean, I will still come. I'm still in. I'm not saying I'm not in, but I'm just gonna need to be a... Let's let's do brunch. I don't want to... I don't want a dinner date. So, anyway. So, like, anyway. So, this whole show starts, and, like... DJ's husband died, and he's a firefighter. And of course, like, he's a firefighter. Yeah, he's of very. He's you know, nobody can be down on firefighters. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm just like, if you're a firefighter in a kids movie, you're gonna die. That is like, like ten, ten, nine times out of ten. Nine times out of ten, if you're a dad and you're a firefighter, and it's a Christmas movie. Look at it you, was, Mike it Brady. Was ni- it was nice knowing you. Oh, Mike Brady made it out of that one, didn't he? I don't know. You didn't see that the Brady, very Brady Christmas. I don't know. I he think has, I did. He's was, an arch- but he wasn't an architect. He was not a fireman. <laughs> but he goes into, like, this collapsing building to rescue people. Mm. And, like, you're like, oh. Phew. Yes. <laughs> uh, your ticket I, don't, there, buddy. I don't remember. Anyway, but anyway, yeah. So before the curtain comes up, he, he's dead and is a firefighter. And this will be brought up literally every moment. Like, it's possible. Humanly possible. We have... We have to mention that fact. So, that's a thing. But then there's just, like, DJ, like, spirals out of control. And, like, I get it. Like, that has got to be hard. Wait, can we talk about DJ's other house? Like, she Isn't didn't it? She didn't live here. No. So, she... so, Danny was living here by himself. Yes. DJ, like, apparently had a home with somewhere. her husband. Somewhere in San Francisco because she was, vet- she was being a vet in San Francisco. Right. So, she's like, it's cool. I'll move my kids from their childhood home. Where their memories are. Where their memories are. Where their friends are. Go move them to a different school district. Mm-hmm. In the same city. Yeah, sure. But, but like, like, it's a big city. But, like, a different school district. Pull them out of all of that so that I can live in my dad's time capsule home and my kids can sleep in my bedroom like the, uh, that that I use as a child, and like yeah, all my kids can share one room. None of this says healthy coping mechanism. <laughs> like, like what happened to her other house? There's a whole other house out there that we just never. Like, maybe it's an it, apartment. Maybe did they're it renting. Sell? Maybe they were renting. Maybe they were renting. And they just kind of let the lease go and just moved in. And like maybe maybe it was furnished already, so they didn't have any furniture, which is why they literally used all of Danny's old stuff. Maybe like, there's there's a possibility. I here. mean, did any of us actually watch the pilot? Sober? No. I didn't watch it at all. Oh, no. I didn't either, but... I was We're just like, speculating. Yeah, raw maybe, maybe they really tied it up in, in a nice bow. I doubt it. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't seem that's really their goal. So, so we get this whole thing where she... So she's kind of freaking out, and so, yeah. So her first move is to, like, get her sister there, and I get that. Only Stephanie, again, like... Joey and Jesse before her has like no marketable skills. Yes, yes. She so is... she's like a musician, like a struggling musician. <laughs> Jesse. Yeah, she dates a lot of guys. <laughs> Jesse. Like she... oh, he dated girls, but right. 
Like we're not judging. It's like she just she's not really the settle down type that you would want mm-hmm. necessarily. Who you wouldn't think that she'd want to like. Well, and like that was part of the gag of the whole original is that like Jesse was this wild musician. He's sowing his wild oats out there, wearing the leather pants, which mm-hmm. he still wears. And having the mullet. Having the mullet. He did lose the mullet, and I think that was a good call for the the reunion. But like. He's got this whole thing where, like, and so she's just the same character. She's just this mm-hmm. sowing her wild oats, doing her own thing, like, you know, not going to be tied down with kids, suddenly responsible for, like, this grown child of a puddle of emotional wreckage that is her sibling. Mm-hmm. And then having to deal with, like, these kids and steer them through, even though they're totally different than what she knows. And. And then there's Kimmy. Yes. And I'm who like okay is grew up next door. Right. But they moved. Yeah. Like her parents sold that house. Also, it's worth pointing out like everybody but like DJ was horrible to Kimmy. Oh yeah. In the original show. I mean, even DJ was kind of horrible to her. They were not good. But like, I also feel like you know, going back, like touching on like. The writers wrote what they knew. I feel like Kimmy Gibbler is a human that was written by space aliens. Like, she is actually in this whole mess of a saga. The only person I look at sometimes and I'm like, no, she's she's actually a good person. Like, she's actually trying in the middle of all of this. Like... You know, like... I mean, I do love her bacon and egg scarf. Like... I mean, like, it's great. That's legit. But, like, she, she's the one that's, like, she's got a job, mm-hmm. and she she actually seems to really like her job. Now, she's got this super dysfunctional marriage with yes. a, a Formula One race car driver, which is a plot point that they literally bring up just to remind themselves that this is a plot point. They're like, oh, yeah, I remember this guy's a race car driver. It's like, that's why he doesn't appear to actually do any work. Like, right, because he's off. Yeah, for like six months. He's off six months. And then he, leaves he just shows up months. on Sunday because, like, that's how race drive, car driver. That's not how race car drivers work. Like, the, I mean, I don't know if you're listening and you're a race car driver. Please tell me how your life. We have works. a lot of expectations on our listeners for hey, a third episode. The four listeners, I'm sure, are a wealth of information. I know all four of our <laughs> listeners. I'm in regular communication with them at this point. I don't think any of them are race car drivers, unless. Well. One I don't of them know. has been really I holding out. I know people's out. inner lives. I know their outer lives, though, and none of them are race car drivers. <laughs> anyway, so, but yeah, so there's this whole thing, and she's got a daughter that happens to be the age of the eldest of DJs, so, like, there's this whole, like, contrasting, like, personality conflict, and they don't like yeah, each other, they do know, like each other, they're friends. I don't think they grew up friends. together, like, I don't no. think they're friends, like, I don't, I think they just, like, met in this... Uh, thing where it's like we're all gonna move into this house yeah and so like they're just kind of thrown together and like we need and like dj's like we emotion like dj emotionally needs kimmy and so therefore kimmy and dj's friend their kids must emotionally need each other but that's not how that works like that's not how like emotions function again the writers i think are struggling with that concept i don't think they've ever really looked at themselves and been like how do my emotions work right I don't think that's the kind of self-reflection we expect out of the Fuller House writers. 
Again, if you are a Fuller House, no, um, <laughs> I doubt we're going to get many of those. At least not. Happy I mean, it, I can copy paste. Like I can do this. Yeah, like just switch some genders, but um, but yeah, like it's just so bizarre. And then, like, as things, like, progress, it gets more and more bizarre. Because, like, you know, first off, like, first season, DJ's kind of on her own trying to figure out who she is and, like, who the kids are and, like, how their relationships is going to be with this, like, missing father and, like, all that. And she's leaning really heavy on her sister and Kimmy. And, like, it's kind of a tight, tight-ish show. Mm-hmm. And, like, I mean, her there, dad makes cameos. There is a lot of cameos and, like, people walking in the door and then a very long applause break. Yeah, which, okay, first off, I don't know that this is filmed in front of a live studio audience. I'm pretty sure that is canned applause. I'm pretty sure it's canned woos. Like, that's the other thing. It's not just, like, applause. It's like, whee! Every time, like, Joey walks in the room, I'm like, okay. No one is wooing for Joey. Like, no. No. No, he is, I mean, like, Dave Cool, yeah, he, he, he is held together very well, considering where he started off. Like, he right. is maintained. Right. Like, he's but done like, well. he's never been a... John Stamos has also maintained very right. well. Both John Stamos and, uh, I don't know who plays his wife, Becky. Becky, Aunt Becky. Yeah. But anyway, Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky, like, I will have what they are having. They look amazing. They are fantastic. They have not aged a day. Like, somehow, yeah, and, like... Give me all the facialists. Dave, Dave Coulier really hasn't aged that much. He's got a little grayer, but he still looks like he's pretty much the same build and the same, like... He's not, like, gasping his way onto stage. Like, every time Bob Saget shows up, I'm just like, oh, Bob. Yeah, Bob has had a life. Like, I think... Like, Bob... Bob, I think, maybe... I think, like, like the, the cocaine letdown. Yeah, like, he his... He probably stayed real thin by eating most of his candy through his nose for a while. Yeah. I think he's mentioned that. Like, I don't think that's really judging, but, like, he definitely, I, I, I think he's probably in a better place, but he's definitely in a pudgier place. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. Whatever, Bob. You're not there to be the eye candy. That's John Stamos. Right. So. Right, yeah. So. So then DJ, like, she's she is obviously... She's still vetting because she's got to have some income. Yes, and she's she, just, okay. she is a vet. She's a vet. That's great. She went to vet school. And she's working at this place with this old guy. And he, uh, like, his son comes on. Yeah, his son just graduated from vet school. And it just so happens that his son is, like, super hunky. Yeah. Like, yeah, chiseled jaw, nice... Well-sculpted beard, mm-hmm. abs you could, like, do laundry against, and, like, I'm sounding a little less yeah. than... But I, anyway. I mean, they did make the joke that he, um, he paid his way through vet school underwear modeling, so that's the, the type of physique he has. Yes. I did not. I did not go through anything underwear modeling yeah we didn't do any of those things we didn't go to vet school and no, we didn't pay for anything but, underwear modeling so we don't understand no. this life but anyway so again i feel like this is like a struggle like this is a character that maybe the the writers have run into like at a casting call where they're like oh you're a veterinarian yeah yeah i went through on uh, or or oh what did you how did you get through juilliard oh i did underwear modeling yeah okay cool that seems like a thing humans do i mean you know we'll it's a job down. everybody yeah. has a job 
I'm not shaming it, but I'm just saying that, like, this is not, like, an, a frequent enough confluence of events that, like, you know. So, of course, anyway. So, DJ ends up dating him. Mm-hmm, for a little while. When her former high school boyfriend shows yes. up. Yes, somehow in there, the former high school boyfriend, Steve, Ooh. shows up. Voice of Aladdin trivia. Voice of Aladdin. Yeah. Yeah. Singing voice of Aladdin too, and he, yeah. Anyway, he he shows up. Yeah, and he is a divorced podiatrist. So you veterinarian podiatrist? Yeah, sure. You guys have gone well, right? So, I mean, like they both should chase your dreams. Yeah, I'm well, and like those are decent careers. Like you can make good money. Yeah, I don't know if you can make good money in San Francisco enough to I buy that ridiculous house. But if I was going to be a pet veterinarian, I'd be a pet veterinarian in San Francisco or like L.A. Or like some place, somewhere, some place where people have great pets and expo- expendable income. And expendable income, yeah. Because like, if you're a vet in Ohio, you're you're going to be at a lot of like awkward cow births, and like I don't imagine there's not those... that. There's not. We're not like a large animal vet. That's also like that's a whole other thing. True. They're not large animal vets. But like, you would be like a suburban vet. You would be like, eh, yeah. like yeah, your your dog is probably going to die. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, make it quick. You know, like that, but like in San Francisco, I'd be like, your dog can like have chemo and like, we can get like 50 grand out of this person before this dog dies in like a year anyway. Like, not to denigrate I mean, that's, that's the great like, work. That's a very dark, uh, dark path. But at the same time, like, I feel like there's some money there. Anyway, but podiatrist also, same thing. <laughs> Week before I have to put your foot to sleep, I don't know. I mean, he's a podiatrist for like, uh, athletes. There, oh yeah, because there are like random athletes who like, well, like swing by and like again challenge DJ to push up contests and stuff. Yeah, like because that happens. We don't have frequent, you know, professional athletes in our neighborhood, but I feel like in San Francisco, there's a shot. Like those those do happen. They do have a couple of franchises. So right. So anyway, but so yeah. So he shows up. So there's high school boyfriend Steve, and then there's a coworker. How was his name? Matt. Mm. Matt. So, yeah, of course. And so, of course, DJ then resolves to have a grown-up conversation about feelings and who she feels like she should be with. And she's really clear and transparent with everybody. And everything goes well, right? No. Somehow she comes up with, like, this, like, bachelorette contest, like, where she's kind of dating both of them at some point, and mm-hmm, they're both, like, totally cool with that, and and then, like... And then she takes a summer off. Takes a summer off. Where she and doesn't date anybody. And, like, both of them are just, like, hovering in her orbit, like, waiting for this catch that is this emotionally damaged mother of three. Like, again, mm-hmm. not judging, but, like... Remember, underwear model can probably get his pick. Right, right. Podiatrist is not not a bad catch yeah. in the market. You know, a divorced podiatrist, you could do worse. Yeah. These are both straight men in San Francisco. Which, I mean, if they're gay men in San Francisco, that might be slightly I don't know. I better. feel like there's probably straight ladies. Yeah, there are. There, I would imagine there's a few. Around? But anyway, they... um. So so she figures out, like, she has these guys just hovering around, waiting, and she eventually decides, in, like, a moment that we're supposed to care about, to pick Matt. 
Mr. Chiseled Abs Underwear Model. Which, I mean, it, it's yeah, not a bad choice. It's not. It's not. It's really not, a, really not a bad choice. He's actually a decent guy. Yeah, he's like, super he's nice. Got, like, he's kind. He's, he's, he's very good with sweet. animals. Yeah. Like, I look for that in a guy. I mean, I mean, not... In a, yeah, anyway. sure. But, um, hypothetically... Yeah, no, he's, he's a He's, he's a, a catch. Choice. He's a catch. And so Steve takes this well. No, no, wait, he doesn't. No, he goes out and... No, I think she starts dating Matt because during the summer, Steve meets someone. Oh, yeah. Because they're like, we're all on a break. And then Steve, comes, break. Steve comes back with like, well, I have a girlfriend. Nobody's talking to you. Huh. So, anyway. So, yeah. So they come back and they're just like... So Steve finds this I other... I think. I think. But Steve's catch is her name is cj yes cj that's not and it's like again i feel like this is a human relationship designed by space aliens we're like this is totally a thing that happens right guys just go out and find girls that are basic clones of the girl that they really love and date them Right. right they do that this is what humans do and so it's like obvious he's still hung up on DJ, mm-hmm. and the writers just beat you over the head with that the whole time, and and he eventually just like I don't know. So she picks Matt, and she hangs out with Matt, and Steve's happy with CJ, and they decide to get married in Japan as a destination wedding. Like, yeah, CJ and Steve decided. CJ and in Steve, Japan. sorry, Steve and, and Kimmy. It's. The who, is a, talk. who is a party planner. Yeah, that's her, that's her hustle. A, this that's her is gig. a super convenient plot point. Mm-hmm. They use the fact that Kimmy is a party planner to make all kinds of ridiculous costuming decisions. And like, Yeah, like, legit, I could see you doing the same things in our actual lives, but, true. like, we don't have a budget for costuming, which is why we podcast. Because <laughs> there's no costumes. <laughs> No, we are completely naked right now. The people I mean, that's not true. I'm well, wearing sweatpants, and they're the best. Yes. And I'm, Our podcast I'm is sponsored you by sweatpants. Yeah. Messy hair and sweatpants. Messy proud hair sponsor. and sweatpants. Proud you, sponsor Your, of your shirt literally says proud supporter of Messy, of messy hair. hair and sweatpants. That's, that's accurate. Anyway, but um, yeah, so they do a lot of these like ridiculous themed parties, and there's like... Yeah, it's yeah. just... It's excessive. But anyway, but so Kimmy is planning the wedding... DJ is invited to the wedding. She brings Matt as her plus one. Stephanie is there for nebulous reasons at best. Like yeah. she's like just like plot sticky to the rest of the mob. I don't I'm know if she's like sure supposed to be babysitting why. the kids or something. Oh maybe. Because they bring like their whole families. Like they bring like Kimmy brings Ramona, her daughter. Yeah. And DJ which... brings her oldest son for sure. And maybe her middle son. The little son just like conveniently disappears from the plot. Like he's like right. a toddler, he's like a and he's like in real life, everybody would be making sure Tommy didn't burn down the house twenty four seven. Like like he like everybody just like goes to work, school, wherever, and like the house is unattended, and not a mention is made of Tommy. Like right, like I assume that they figured out childcare, but like. That kid just, like, appears whenever the plot is necessary. Like, they say his name, and he just, like, appears in a crib. And you're like, oh, there he is. Yeah, he's so cute. Look at him. He's great. And then but we just go back. in reality, he would be destroying the living room 24-7. Yeah, or just, like, yeah, just not cool. But anyway. 
Yeah, so they go to Japan, and then Matt and DJ get engaged, kind of. Yeah. And then DJ ends up breaking up Steve's wedding. Yeah. And then breaking up with Matt. Yeah. Like, all very publicly. In the and this is like a season finale, of course, because like... Yeah, I think this is season like two or three. I don't know. I don't actually watch Big cliffhanger show. for emotional investment that I have not made. Right. And um, like... Yes, and they all broke up in Japan. Like you do. Because like... Okay, so if you're having a destination record... Or wedding... Destination wedding... Yes. Pro tip... Yes. Don't invite the exes. Don't invite the one... Like, okay... Don't invite the ex's I sister. Under- I understand that... Like, some people are really good friends with their exes, and that's fine. Like, don't don't invite the one that you, like, just recently... True like, story, I was... I was bumped a, into. I was a nutcher in one of my ex's weddings. Right. And, like, that's cool. Like, but, like, she and I, like, we were good friends. We dated for a while. Very obviously that wasn't going to work out, because, frankly, I was an idiot, but we were, like, in high school. Whatever. And then we went our separate ways, and she was marrying a good friend of mine, and she was still my my sister's best friend, and, like, it made sense. It was cool. Like, we had connections that were obviously non-romantic at all. Right. So I can't say that, like, you can't, don't have exes at weddings. But, like, and that she was don't, at my wedding, don't so. invite the, like, high school flame that you just reconnected with to your wedding. Like. No. Like. That might be. A little much. It's yeah, not because like, it's not like they stayed in contact this whole time. Like they very clearly fell out of contact. And then like for like they, twenty years, they found each other and, and rekindled other. things. And like he was, she was like totally leading him on. He was totally into it and like trying to make a go at this. And then like I feel like maybe three months after it was obvious that wasn't working out, they're planning a Jap Japan Japan. Jap- Japan. I need to get my emphasis. Japanese? Japanese wedding. Mm -hmm. And, like, I feel like maybe there were some things that needed to get resolved first. But anyway, so, like, this whole thing is a disaster waiting to happen, and it happens. And we're supposed to be, like, super invested in, like, oh my gosh, she said DJ instead of CJ at the wedding. But first off, that would... They didn't even get to that part. Yeah, like, well, like, I would say the wrong thing... Like, I call my kids the wrong name, and they're not even close. Like, mm-hmm. and I I don't love them, but, like, I will run through the whole list before I hit the right one. And that's just how that is. So, meh, whatever. But try to get it right at the wedding, sure. But anyway. But anyway, so, but, like, yeah, so she's awful. But then they come back, and, like, Steve and, C- D- Steve and DJ are dating, but, like, CJ's daughter is still kind of around. So, like, they have to run into each other socially, and that's... Awkward, because, like, by running to each other socially, like, everything that happens in the show happens in the house. Like, like, there's just, everybody's in the house. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just really bizarre that, like, this house is the center of the universe for this entire city. And there we are. But so CJ has to come over and deal with DJ, and she's, like, not forgiving her for ruining her wedding, because... Yeah. But it's tension and all that. But yeah, so they should see Steve for a while, and I don't really care where that ended up. But like, there's all kinds of weird stuff happening in the meantime. Like, like with the kids. Like the kids are going weird. uh, I actually really like Kimmy's husband slash ex husband. Like, 
He's one of my favorite characters. I can't remember his name right now, but he's... <laughs> Fernando. Fernando. Yes, he's actually hilarious. Mm-hmm. And he great. just kind of walks through, like, what is going on? Like, this is a weird world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry, I'm eating ice. It's not good. That's not good for the audio. We are having Moscow Mules tonight. That's we what's doing this whole shenanigans. Right. Because you need something. You need, yeah. Um, but anyway, like, there's that whole thing. And then there's also, like, Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky adopt a Adopt baby, a baby. Which, like, good on them. Even That's though their great, kids are, like, in college. Like, but again, I feel like this is, like, the, the, the writers being like, humans do this, right? And, like, so they, they adopt a baby. And it's just that easy. It's just no problem. I mean, it takes a little bit, but it's really not, like, it does make it seem pretty smooth sailing. Yeah, and, uh, like, that's not how it works. Yeah. I've never, like, the people I've known that have adopted, like, it's a road. But, like, you know, they're like, we're going to adopt. And, like, three episodes later, they have a daughter. And you're like, oh, mm-hmm. that's how that works. Fantastic. That's not how that works. Um, and Kimmy, and, like, Stephanie, like, has a music career that kind of sort of takes off. And she, like has this whole thing yeah but like it's just like a viral video and like really it kind of dies down it just like they just let it go because like it was too much work to actually put into plot so that this kind of goes away which is Mm -hmm. fine and then stephanie starts dating kimmy's brother yeah who is basically like okay his name is jimmy jimmy kimmy yeah get it jimmy is Again, the Gibblers probably as a whole are just like humans written by aliens because, you know, they're like, oh, we're super intelligent, so let's make this character stupid. And he is stupid. But he's like, very stupid. But he's also real cute. He's basically he's Kelso. Real cute. He's yeah. Kelso from the 70s show. He is a knockoff Aston Kutcher. Like, that's who this guy is. He looks like it. He acts like it. He talks like it. Again, they show, saw this one show that was the most popular character, Control-C, Control-V. Now he's in our show. Yay. Yay! And so, like, he starts dating Stephanie, and this whole thing happens, but then Stephanie has to come to terms with the fact that, like, even though she's, like, been sowing her wild oats for, like, 15 years, never wanted to have kids, and never... Right. Like, now, now that she does, she's like, oh, I can't have kids. And right, like, oh, and it well. just, it was very out of the blue, like... Yeah, it was just, like, you know, this this wild and crazy girl, and she's like, now I want to have kids, and, like, the, like, it seemed like a switch overnight. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I can't have kids. Oh, no. And so, like, and then again, that's a legit thing that humans experience that is handled with all the grace intact of, like, a sledgehammer dropped from a monster truck. Mm-hmm. And what the heck, you know, like. Yeah, so uh, Stephanie, on her own, uh, decides to pursue surrogacy because she wants to be a mom. Uh Regardless of where she is in her relationship, with like good for her, you know, yeah. wait not to wait. Um, and Kimmy, out of everyone, assumingly in the whole like metro San Francisco area, is the best choice to be a surrogate. Like okay, so Kimmy has Stephanie's baby with her. Uh, so it's Stephanie's. And Jimmy's baby mm-hmm. in Kimmy's uterus. Yep. Which, like, again, like Kimmy's Kimmy, the best. Kimmy is an awesome person. Kimmy's like, such a great really person. A kind, generous thing. It's kind of weird. I, you know what? I would, I would have people's babies. I know. Like, you. that seems like such a great 
a thing to do for someone, but it's a huge sacrifice. Yeah, and like it's it's not without risk. I mean, like mm-hmm. you can't do it because like like three C sections later, and they're like they're yeah, like nope, nobody nobody out. wants nobody wants to use your uterus. It is used. It is no thanks. Yeah, it's 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 got some miles on it. It does. It it's does. got some. Yeah, but like. Yeah, but like Kimmy, you know, she's she's good. I mean, I guess like maybe genetics play a role that she would be like because her it's like half her kid, you know. Well, like at least like it's somewhat her, family related. Kid. Like, well, so it depends on if I like, guess like a quarter. I, yeah, there's like some the some blood type issues. Like, like if you're a know. negative blood type and your baby is a positive blood type, your body can reject the baby. But but I don't know. Maybe it just works out a little better. Yeah, I don't. I don't think you have to be related at all. But anyway, so there's that whole thing, and then what else is? And then so like, she's actually been a decent human being. Um, Uncle Joey is just a complete waste of human space. He's in and out. Like he he's not around very much. He comes in every once in a while. He has these five kids who are terrible. Mm-hmm. And that's like pretty much his entire. They're five, arc. six, seven, and eight. Yeah. So they could use that joke. Five, six, seven, eight. I'm like, first off, how lucky is it that the temporal world worked out so that that joke works in the exact moment they show up, right? Mm -hmm. Because, like, a year ago, it was like four, five, six, seven. You know, it didn't work. But here we are. Excuse me. Sorry. Yeah, Moscow. Moscow Mules. Thank you for making me a strong one. Uh, Anyway. You're welcome. So, but, like, it's just super bizarre, super weird, and super unuseful, but, like, I don't know. It, like, the show makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Like, the kids are completely horrible. We, we haven't really gotten to, like, the sassy children yet. Yeah. And we haven't really talked about how DJ is a terrible sister. Oh, CJ's the worst sister. The worst sister. She's actually a pretty awful human being, as established by her dating patterns. But, but a terrible sister. Terrible sister. Again, the writers, we hear humans have sisters. Let us write one. Yeah, so, like, she const- Stephanie is going to have a baby. Like, Kimmy's going to have Stephanie's baby. And, um, DJ is like, I think you're really upset because Jimmy, um, like, isn't around as much as you think he's going to be around. And she's like, let me live my life. Like, I'm going to be fine. Like, I didn't sign up to be a single mom because I thought I had a dad. I signed up to be a single mom because I wanted to be a mom. Like, get off my business. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, uh, yeah. Well, also, like, DJ is super codependent on, like, all the people in her life. Because, again, she's had some trauma. She comes by it honest. I get that. Like, mm-hmm. that's some stuff to decompress. But... She really seems to have a hard time allowing other people in their, her life to have their own agency. True. True. Everybody has to, like, come to her for, Every, like, yeah. sign off. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I also see that she probably got that neurosis from her father. Right. Like, guys, if you can afford that house, you can afford therapy. Oh, definitely. You can. Yeah. You can. Definitely. And if the house is all paid off, you can definitely afford therapy. But, like, and, like, she just... She just can't let Stephanie kind of go all out as a person because DJ is kind of stuck as a person. She's living in her childhood home for crying out loud. She has the same couch. Like, 
she just can't move and Stephanie is trying to do stuff, trying to get out, trying to figure out who she is, experimenting a little bit, but like she's trying to figure some stuff out and like DJ just kind of like shuts her down, like and minimizes everything she does. Like such an oldest child. Mm-hmm. It has to beat everybody in everything all the time. Like she has to win. Yeah. DJ has to win all the time. And you're like, oh, it's not a contest. Like, you don't have to get into a push-up contest with this random basketball player who showed up. At your veterinarian's office. At your vet. Your no, it was at the veterinarian's office. I think it was in their living room. It was in their living room. But yeah, it was like, what? Yeah, because like, she's crazy. And you're like, good. Because again, everything in the world has to happen in the living room. hyper competitive. Yeah. And so like, there's that. And like, Kimmy's like trying to do her thing and be really nice and, like, Stephanie, or... I mean, Kimmy's wacky. Don't get me wrong. Oh, sure. She's wacky. But, like, she's the person who I would, like, most want to be with. Yeah, well, I'm also looking over your shoulder at a pair of radish earrings you made for yourself. I mean, my radish earrings are legit. Yeah, your Luna Love Good cosplay is on point. Right. But, like, so, like, I feel like you and Kimmy... Like, right, like, I need... If you could be a San Francisco party planner, if you could just, like, wave your wand... That would be amazing. That would be, like, your job. I'd you be great at it. it. You would be. Except for, like, you would be, like, all vision, and, like, it would be up to me to do the execution. No, I would hire people for that. Yes, you would hire me for I mean, zero dollars. Maybe. maybe. I don't think so. But... You make me seem very irresponsible. It's not true. What? It's not true. I get stuff done. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> now nah, you're fine. But um, there would be like, but like Kimmy's like seems actually legit. Like if you can kind of scrape past the like really clunky writing and like the zaniness and making the, her zany for no reason. And like part of that is that DJ is so stuck where she is that any action, I feel like any action that. Kimmy has that would be fun or exciting or putting herself out there like from the filter of this person who is scared and hiding in her house everything looks crazy like everything Kimmy does seems you know and so like you're kind of maybe we're watching this whole show through like DJ's damaged filter of life ooh and in and real life like Kimmy's, Kimmy's not not yes oh, I I'm like liking it. this because then I like, like that makes, that makes so much sense like, and then that makes so much sense about, like, Kimmy's house, because, like, Kimmy's house is, like, this fun house. It's, like, bananas. There's, like, clowns, and it might be haunted, and, like... There's, like, a Velcro wall. There's... And it's literally the mirror image of the, the, the Tanner Fuller house, house. The house. Tanner Fuller house. And so, like, it's, like, Bizarro World, and so, like, maybe it's not quite that crazy. They just have things that are not quite where they should be. Like, there's three three cushions on the couch instead of two and like there's you know the pictures aren't arranged by chronological order they're like by size and color instead and like they do have a clown painting on the wall instead of a nice modest landscape and so like in dj's crazy like has to control everything mind this house is just out of control and like yeah. makes no sense and maybe the house maybe danny didn't make the time capsule maybe like dj sees it as the time capsule oh my gosh do we just have a like yeah we just had a breakthrough maybe 
Maybe maybe she had like a psychotic break. <laughs> and this is all just like And this is all just like an elaborate like hallucination. Filter well over like reality. Oh, what if they, what if Joey and Jesse never actually came back? They're like still living their lives and she just needs them there and so she imagines they're there. And that's why there's so many woos. And yeah, because she's imagining her, a studio audience. That's what she grew up with. That's her subconscious. Her self conscious puts it there. But she never liked Michelle. No. So yeah, so Michelle, big elephant in the play, room, played by the Olsen twins, uh, is not Famously. in Fuller House because uh, the Olsen twins have jobs and money, and they didn't need this. They don't. They really don't. So like, they do. They do make a lot of wink at the camera times of like where Michelle is. And they're like, oh, she's busy, you know. Doing her life. Doing her, like, fashion empire. I also feel like the best part about this is, like, the, the easiest thing to do if you couldn't get Mary-Kate and Ashley would to be, like, default to the little sister. I mean, but she's, like, She's, Scarlet like, Scarlet Witch. Witch. Like, she's, she's like, got a job, too. She also has a job. Yeah. <laughs> like, none of these people need to come back. None of these people need to be here. And yet, you know, like, John Stamos, like... Probably doing the best out of all of them, although I think, because he's had, like, actual shows since then. He has. He has. I think he was some kind of lawyer in something. Was it, like, was he in, was he in Californication? I don't know. I don't watch I didn't TV. watch that show. I didn't either. Or Weeds or something? I don't know. Something like that. He was in one of those shows where, like, he was, for a while, famously married to Rebecca Romaine Stamos. Mm-hmm. Mystique. Yep. Because I'm a nerd. That's what I know her from. But that didn't work out. It didn't work out because he's apparently not. He wasn't a good good person. Which is a bummer. Which is a bummer. Um, but, like, there's just this whole... But, like, I don't know. Maybe... Uh, but this show is just awful. Because, like, as we, we tapped on this earlier. The kids. The kids in this show are horrible, whiny little brats. There's like this. Like so there's um, the, the Jackson. Old, is that the He's oldest? He's the oldest. He's like 13 or 14 or 15, depending on what like, season you watch. Or what? The, like literally the worst years of children. Like they're like, let's capture all the worst years of children. Then you've got like this like eight, seven, eight year old. He's like five, six, seven, something like that. Five, six, seven year old. That's like the most obnoxious know-it-all. So precocious. Yeah. So precocious. And then you've got, like, you've got the luggage that is the baby. Yeah, and like, then the baby is, like, a football. Yeah, he just shows up. He's cute. Yeah. And then he gets put back on he the shelf. He says something and, cute, and then, like, nobody needs to pay attention to him. Yes. But, like, they just, like, so, like, you're supposed to care about these kids' emotional well-being, but, like, one of them might just be a whiny little psychopath, and I don't care about him. The other one is this precocious little know-it-all, and he's so super obnoxious. I don't care about him. And I don't know what to do. And then, like, Ramona is Kimmy's daughter. And... I actually kind of care about Ramona. I actually kind of care about Ramona. Like, she's oh, what's okay. what's the one, like, super, like, goth girl that shows up? Oh, yeah, that's, like, Jackson's girlfriend. It's Gia's daughter. Oh, yes, Gia. Because everything has to have a circle back. Because, like, Gia... Is, is it the same actress? I it wonder? is the same actress. It's the same actress who played... Uh, Stephanie's friend. Yeah. Stephanie's, like, a bad girlfriend who, like, taught her how to smoke. Like, wear crop tops. Like, you know. 
Right. Like, had, like, colored hair. Right. And I, I think there was, like, one about smoking. It was, like, a very special Full House episode. Oh, this very special episode. Right. That was, like, that was, like, code speak for your parents need to watch with you. Yes. And yes. debrief afterwards. But we all just watched those alone and just came along with, like, completely wrong ideas. Like, oh, cool kid smoke. Cool. Cool. All cool. right. They're dangerous, and there's really no overarching ramifications for their actions. They just get sent home. Mm-hmm. All right. Don't be lame. Got it. Don't yeah, get so caught. anyway, Gia, same actress, uh, but, you know, Gia's been in things, too. Good for her. And uh, I think she was in Dude, Where's My Car? Uh, that's a high watermark. Right. With the original Ashton Kutcher. So. The original and undiluted. <laughs> I don't want to make fun of Ashton Kutcher. Like, he's, like, fighting sex trafficking right now. I like, know, like, good for him. Like, that's legit. Like, whoa. That's a that's quite a turn from... From like, punked? From punked to, like... Yeah, that would be very surreal to get busted by Ashton Kutcher for that. You know, is this a... Oh, no, those are real cops. Anyway, but, um... Where were we? <laughs> Gia, her daughter... It's like a goth. It's like this, like, goth. But again, she's like the bad girlfriend. Right. And, like, Jackson is, like, this super straight-laced, neurotic kid. Again, see a, like, generational pattern. Right, right, like. And he's really worried about, like, getting into college and, like, being the best student and the best kid. And, like, it bugs him that he's not good at sports because he has to be the best because he's his mother's child. Right, he has to be the best at everything. He needs to be, like, a perfectionist. And so, like, he... Meets this girl who just literally doesn't care about anyone and, like, that fascinates him and he's, like, gotta get some of that. And, like, they start dating and then he is horrible. To her. To her. Well, he's horrible about her to other people where he, where she, like, hears him. Make fun of her. Make fun of her. And, like, there's, like, this whole moment where, like, he realizes he shouldn't have done that. He realizes this was a bad thing. He realizes he really screwed up. And so he goes to her and he apologizes. And she goes, I hear you. You know, I, I I can forgive you. And he like moves in to kiss her. And she's like, oh, hell no. Like, no, no, no. We're, we're still done. Like, yeah, you don't come back from that. Like, you can say you're sorry and we can move on from this point. But what happened happened, and I don't trust you, and I can't trust you, so we gotta rebuild, and I don't think you should hold your breath on that, really. And I'm just like... Good for her. Good. Slow clap. Yeah. Yeah. The, give Jackson some lessons. Like, you... Yeah. Good job. Which is, like, I, again, like, that feels like a moment of, like, actually good writing, but, like, there is no way... They would have written that for DJ, who is an actually allegedly like the main grown character. Up. Like she, like it's all the it's all the junior like high. This fourteen like, year old girl totally showed more maturity and in, in poise and intelligence, emotional intelligence, than like this forty year old girl or forty year old woman. And like, yeah, I feel like who? Yeah, I don't know. So like again, the like. 15-year-old girls in this are actually probably my favorite characters. Yes. Followed by the, like, millennial dudes. The Fernando and... And Jimmy. Jimmy. Matt is okay. Yeah, Kimmy's okay. 
Kimmy's pretty good, but like I feel just seen through a really distorted filter of wackiness. Um, but then like the like really grown ups like they are just like cardboard cutouts that they just kind of run like Danny and Joey and Jesse and Becky like they're just these cardboard cutouts they just get out and they're like hey everybody look excited mm-hmm. like cameo from a star like that's right. not a star that's Dave Coulier like. They, they canceled America's Funniest Videos like 20 years ago, and he's still kind of grasping for something. He wasn't on America's Funniest Videos. Dan Tanner was on America's Funniest Oh, that's Funniest right. Videos. That was Bob Saget. I feel like maybe, like, after, like, because the, they, they rebooted that like six times. I feel like he was one of them. Really? I don't know. But I feel like that was, I feel like, that, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe I, I just, like, know. filled it in. He had that one kid's show with the woodchuck. No. That no, that's real. that's Dave Coulet. That was had a kid show with. Well, I don't know if it was a kid show, but it was like a weird comedy show. Oh, he had no Dave Coulet. No, the who are you talking about? Dave. No, Uncle Joey had the Woodchuck show. Yes, Uncle Joey had the Woodchuck show. Dave Coulet. No, the Danny Ch- Tanner. No, Danny. Okay, Danny Tanner is on Wake Up San Francisco. Yes. Bob Saget did America's Funniest Home Videos. Yes. And Becky was also on Wake Up San Francisco. Yes, I don't know that actress's name. I'm sorry. She's she's done great work. Yeah. Or had great work done. I don't know. I mean, she looks A little great. bit of both, maybe. A little comby. A little comby. Um, Jesse was in Jesse in The Rippers. Uh-huh. And that seems to be in a high water point. Right. He also owned The Smash Club. Oh, I forgot. And uh, did Rush Hour Renegades uh, radio show? Remember they did it in the basement. Oh yes, him and Joey wasn't right. It? Like he just had all these like patchworky kind of. Careers. I feel like like this is a whole other thing. Like we could get into like Saved by the Bell and like the like just hijinks where it's like thirty minutes worth of a career. Like remember that episode where they all made spaghetti sauce and you're like, this is a normal thing high schoolers do. Right, like that. That's a whole thing. We're like, not. We're not going to get into Saved by the Bell right now. No, that's a whole different podcast, which somebody's already it, done. And it's a great podcast. You should look it up. <laughs> yeah, but uh, go Bayside. Go um, Bayside. April Richardson. But like, yeah, I don't know. But it, yeah, we're kind of circling here. But like, all this to say, Fuller House is awful, and I have no idea how it's how it's working. Just like the house that it is in. It there's a metaphor there. It doesn't there is make a any metaphor. sense. It doesn't physically work. It doesn't physically work and doesn't make any sense. But yet, here it is, and we're 30 years down this road, and we're unable to stop this train now. So, everybody just keep watching. <laughs> so Yeah, so I guess that's our thoughts on Fuller House. Do you, Adam talked a lot in this episode. You feel strongly. I feel very strongly about this. I hated Fuller House. I hate Fuller House. Just full house. And I'm also I'm also the drunk one tonight. So. Right, I'm the designated parent, in case you couldn't tell. Yes. De- designated parents tend to be less tra- chat chatty. And I mean, less maybe. leery. <laughs> maybe. I mean, maybe. Yes. But yeah, but that's, that's our thoughts. We don't really care about uh, DJ Tanner Fuller. Or any of the kids. But like, if there was like a Fernando Ramona road trip, Show, yes, I I'd would be, be. I would be here for it. Yeah, especially if they could pull Gia in as like. Sorry, I don't really care about Gia that much. So I mean, not Gia, Gia's daughter. Gia's daughter. 
Yeah. Rocky. Rocky. She has a name. She had a name. Right. All right. So, all right. Well, that's all I got. So, <laughs> good night to all of our listeners. Yes. And uh, we appreciate the four of you. Yes. Tell your friends we'll have six by next time. It'll be awesome. I mean, we probably won't, but that's won't. okay. And uh, so, just, you know, goodbye and parent responsibly. Yes. Goodbye and good luck. Good luck.